0: Once again, this is a guest episode, and so the beer review is saved for the end of the show. And uh, here we have our interview with John Turk. You're listening to opinions and beer. Stone Cold Steve Austin knows that the Opinions and Beer podcast exists in this world. And opinions, opinions, and beer. Two guys and another
1: guy will never happen again. <laughs>
0: I love this
1: uh Enjoy poster you did? have back there oh yeah actually it's a um it's actually it's a like a five by four foot uh painting on on shotgun shells of sub-zero so wait on um, shotgun um, shells dude, that's
2: awesome
3: and that yeah is- yeah
1: so there's a, a pretty cool story to that too the guy that did it is uh, he's a real cool dude he's a big fan of mortal kombat 2 and uh yeah i was um are we on right now Oh, yeah, it, yeah, so we yeah. yeah.
0: We, we started as soon as we go, so
1: just like, oh, you know. okay, cool. Yeah, we don't well, have much of a intro, you know.
0: <laughs> we'll be we yeah, yeah. we, we, we so, um, that into it,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what was pretty cool was uh, my wife and I were walking around Laguna Beach, California, and uh, we were just you know hit my wife likes uh art galleries, so we were stopping in a few of them, and this guy was there. And his artwork was really cool. It was uh, big, giant pieces painted on shotgun shelves. And he did a lot of the um, uh, Marvel characters. He did uh, the guy that created Marvel. I forget what his name is. Uh, he said his name, I don't know. But, the big, um, uh,
3: Stan Lee? He, he, or the other guy?
1: Yeah. No, the other guy, the other guy. Yeah. So he, he said- um, he, he was just started talking to us. And my wife, uh, he was saying, yeah, I love, you know, the Warner Brothers characters and Marvel stuff and uh, she said do you ever uh, play Mortal Kombat and he said oh yeah I love Mortal Kombat she goes well who's your who's your favorite character he goes I really like Sub-Zero and she goes this is Sub-Zero right here and he just kind of you know started laughing we started chatting and he said he, he wanted to do a Sub-Zero painting and I said yeah sure so I, I gave him a picture um, of myself and I posed like that and then I sent it to him and he painted it. And really cool dude. He's done a ton of work for a lot of people now. And uh, he came out to the house, uh, he had me look at it. And I said, you know, made a few changes and he took it back and came to the house and nailed it up on the wall for me. He was a real good guy. His name is Carl Sokal. And uh, oh, yeah. he does all the different kinds of paintings. Like, okay, yeah, he's really good. You know, what's bizarre. If you stand right up on it, you can't even really tell what it is. The only way you can really see is when you move back oh and really oh, you the
3: fact I that it's made of hot. shotgun
1: shells yeah and, and it's because it, there's little spaces in there so when you're painting it it's really hard i mean i don't understand how he gets it detailed and everything else but you, you really gotta it's almost like you gotta put a little mark step back put a little mark step back and really look at it you know to watch it come together but yeah, yeah, man, really, that sounds really tedious. that's, that's really dedication hard. right there yeah, yeah no kidding huh? <laughs> so how did how did you guys get going on this podcast how did that come about I oh like man!
0: Office. It just uh,
1: we like
3: we have a lot of opinions and we like beer. <laughs> no,
0: <Yeah. laughs> uh, funny enough, we 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 share little opinions. It's more of just observations. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. But observations and beer is a is a is Less a mouthful.
3: And, <laughs> and, yeah, it's not as catchy as a podcast name. But uh, no, yeah, like, yeah, we, we uh, we've had a a lot of projects before in the past, and uh, we we have a lot of other projects going on now. But it just seemed like this was like a culmination of a lot of our passions you know we're, we're like we're beer connoisseurs yeah. we like to try like different uh, great beer and uh we're we're nerds dude we talk about everything uh, uh about every fandom from mortal Kombat to warner brothers and right. marvel i mean that that's a long list you get what i mean <laughs> and uh so right. we basically that's just combine those together like how can we talk about like beer and nerdy shit and it's like well opinions
1: <laughs> yeah so um Things are good here, man. I'm in San Diego. Weather today is kind of lousy, but it's normally pretty nice. So yeah, um, Holy from shit! Chicago originally it's and-
0: Sub-Zero! Yeah. Sub-Z- yeah. Sub-Z- Sub-Zero is on our damn screen <laughs> right now!
1: I'm
2: aware.
0: It's blowing my mind. Just now? Like, he's been there for like a minute now. No. Oh, this is Mr. John
3: Turk. He, he, my mind has been falling. I've just been trying to be quiet about it. You
0: know? We are here on Opinions and Beer talking to Mr. John Turk. He's portrayed Sub-Zero for a very long time. Uh, what was the – when did you start uh, doing Sub-Zero? Was it Mortal Kombat 3?
1: Yeah, Mortal Kombat 3 is uh, is when it began for me. And they had uh, one and two, obviously, and that was another guy, uh, Daniel Pesina did that one, those two, actually. And then uh, I guess the, in three, they people liked the, the Unmasked Sub-Zero, and it continued on into another game, uh, Mythologies and Ultimate Mortal Kombat and everything else. And then uh, it's, it went really well, and they ended up having me do several other characters, uh, and a lot of the ninjas were me as well, where they just kind of swapped out the colors, but... Like Shang Tsung, uh, Scorpion I did, uh, Ermac. Um, it, oh, yeah. this, the costumes were the biggest thing that were really rough. You know, they, they were not fit well for, you know, a lot of movement, which is what we were doing. Everything was movement, you know, actual martial arts moves. And they just kept falling off. And, you know, when I was Shang Tsung, my beard would fly over to the side. and <laughs> Yeah, like they are just made for
3: looks, not for <laughs> practicality.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just... It, they weren't designed real well, so. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great time doing it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm excited to see the movie now that it's come out. Um, this one looks a little different than the other ones. From what oh, I understand, oh, yeah. they kind of made it more about more about Sub Zero right. in this one, so it looks uh, yeah. looks pretty cool. I like uh, the trailer was was looked, looked awesome. So we'll see what happens. You know. Oh yeah, uh, like the Sub
3: Zero of- you play, like he was just ex- explaining to me like uh, Mortal Kombat lore that apparently I missed. Uh, like the Sub Zero you play is the brother of the first Sub Zero, right?
1: Right, right. So the the I am the brother that of, of the guy in number two, and I'm the younger brother. He's my older brother. And what happens is is how I get the scar is Kano uh, tries to come and get me and curses me with the slash on my face with what's called a cursed dagger. Yeah. And then I turn into this. I'm become demonically influenced, and that's kind of how I how I move away from the Lin Quay and so forth. So that oh, was yeah. Uh, interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even I, you know when they first cast me in I had no. And, cool and that's why. And you know? that's I how
3: essentially Sub Zero becomes a bad guy.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: So like the Sub Zero, uh, uh, like I guess it's hard. It's impossible to say right now, but I would assume. Like I'm wondering, like what Sub Zero in the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie? Well, what Sub Zero is? it? Is it your
0: Sub Zero or your older brother? I think they are switching the roles to where the original Sub Zero is the evil, evil one, and there is yeah. no
3: second Sub Zero
0: because well, he, yep. he dies and he comes back and becomes Noob Noob sabot. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I, I went online and I was lo- reading some of the some of the blogs, and there everyone's got a different theory on you know which one it is or who it is, but. Um, what's interesting is sometimes they will put a mask on with the scar. So it's like, okay. He's got yeah, a so mask is it,
3: yeah. It's it. like, that's how back in the day, that's how you tell the difference. He has a mask. He doesn't. And he has a scar. You put a mask in the scar. Right, now I don't by, know what to think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <now> it's,
1: confusing. <laughs> it's hard enough to figure the plot out sometimes and they make it real complicated, you know, like, but there's a lot of these kids really know the plots, man. I'm like, reading online, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't even know that, you know? So it's yeah, yeah. interesting. Like, um, what was Armor, yeah, you know, know, I was, was young really, and I was I just like oh fighting game
3: you know I missed a lot of the plot <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah a lot of the a lot of the plots are pretty pretty wild how they come up with them but what was what I really liked about you know what uh John Tobias and Ed Boone did was they also put little hidden messages in the game and I feel that's what the movie was lacking all the hidden messages and that's what I feel mortal a big part of Mortal Kombat so I feel if they would have added us as cameo roles in all the movies, it'd have been really neat for the fans to look at it and go, "Hey, there's there's John Turker, hey, there's Rich devizio or you know, there's um, oh uh, man, uh, I've uh, thought about that scene, actually, you know?
3: especially yeah. like like they so, did that with the uh, the oh I want I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2017 the Power Ranger movie okay 2017 yes yeah the 2017 Power Ranger movie had the original yeah. actors for the Mighty and Power Rangers as cameos. They could have easily done
1: that with right. Mortal Combat, and they totally should have. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, well, a couple of the, I think one of the guy, two of the guys. I think Rich Divizio and I forget who the other guy was. Were uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too? They 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 were in that movie. So oh heck oh, yeah yeah yeah
2: that's yeah. pretty cool.
1: Yeah yeah uh, yeah. So then <laughs> so you know, when I did, I did a commercial. You know, right after I think Ultimate came out, it was a pretty crazy commercial. But uh, they they flew me and Rich Divizio out there and uh i had to do this big choreographed routine for this commercial and it was two days of you know just eight hours a day of all these acrobatic martial arts moves and uh but i walked onto the set it's on my youtube uh channel john turk it's uh i get there and i'm like beat up from two days of just all this crazy stuff and they say well wow, there's been a change of plans And i'm like oh okay what you know and i'm thinking okay it's going to get even more crazier Oh, uh, you're just gonna hang upside down and come down like you're coming out of a cocoon, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <I just laughs> killed myself for two solid days and sore head from Like
3: you <laughs> tell me this now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did all that, all that stuff, and it was fun. I had a good time, but um, yeah, it was. It was just then the hard part about it was I was hanging upside down for probably about on and off for five straight hours. So my head, I had this pounding headache at the end of the day, oh, and they yeah. had me in inversion boots. So, it, you know, after a while, you know, when I'd get down, I'd be in these inversion boots, just always doing constant sit-ups to pull myself down. At one time I couldn't even get up. I'm like, Hey, can somebody help me here? Cause oh it was God. like, okay, cut. And then I could get down. And cr- I must've did about a hundred crunches by the end of the day, upside down. And yeah, it was just, it was, people like think it, it a lot of these commercials and acting is easy. But when you look at some of these movies, like you look at Stallone and his movies and, uh, Who's the guy that just, uh, he was in, he was Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. He just did a movie that was a uh, pretty, pretty badass movie. He, I mean, he said he was just completely destroyed after, and I could totally see that, you know. Oh, uh, was it Extraction? I, just did one day I was just say like the one on there. Netflix? Yes. Yeah, Extraction, yeah. you're see, right. Man, that I still did, ain't yeah.
3: want, I'm going to go watch that now. I've been almost, I've been like, ah, I think I want to watch that. But now I really, like, hearing yeah. that he really, like, tried so hard that he beat the shit out of his body, now I'm watching it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he did a great. He did a great job, and especially how physical that role was. I, he had to be just after that thing was done filming, just take a month off of doing anything. You know, it was looked like oh, a yeah. lot of stuff. I mean, every every time you turned around, there was some major fight scene going on with you know three or four guys, and it's yeah, it was a lot of work. I imagine so.
3: Yeah, I never yeah. could imagine someone like, you know, all of that, like a, a commercial being so strenuous that, like, yeah, like two hours, like two days <laughs> yeah. of uh, just straight martial yeah. art or like hanging upside down or doing martial arts choreography. And it's like all you did yeah, was a commercial yeah. and your body's just beat from head to hell, from head
1: to toe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ahead. You know, when I, when I, <laughs> in, Rich DeVizio had done it with me, he played, um he played Quan Chi and uh, Mythologies and he was also Kano. Yeah. And they had him like sticking this weird stuff in his mouth and bubbling it out. And I'm like, oh, you know what that is? He goes, I don't know. He just told me to put it in my mouth. And it's, you know, I'm just looking at it. And I'm like, that stuff looks, you'll see it in the video. It just looks disgusting, something bubbling out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. And then he had to put this gel all over his hands to make it look like fire because he's a sorcerer. Fires coming out of yeah. his hands. I mean, they had a lot of special effects on that thing. And then they stuck these big, uh, like the Incredible Hulk uh, lenses in my eyes. And I had to wear those all day long, and that was it was brutal too. Because after a while, your eyes are drying out. They're putting in these smoke machines, and oh God. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting situation. <laughs> yeah, different from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> now
0: uh, you're so you're it, not just Sub Zero; you are literally Sub Zero. I mean, you are the guy that people play as. This is like yeah. this is early, you yeah. know. St- this is early. Um, uh, motion, motion no no motion, motion capture, capture motion yeah. capture technology what was it like uh do, being a part of that and having to do that stuff where you're putting your little your literal face Body on, on, on this screen. game
1: yeah well it's it's weird because at the time i was a policeman in the chicago area and uh you know i just i just decided hey, i'm gonna try to do you know do acting and uh, my first audition i got called for was for mortal Kombat and so it was uh it was an active audition so you go in there they they wanted me to perform and they wanted me to kick punch and stuff like that. And then uh, they also wanted to see if I, what I could maybe add to it, like, you know, any other possible uh, different types of martial arts styles. And uh, I used to be a, a tumbler in gymnastics, so I could do flips and all kinds of stuff. So I think they were really, you know, happy about that, that I could do acrobatic type stuff. And uh, also um, I, I had, a, I think I had the look they wanted to just, uh, I had a, big square head, a muscular build. So, uh, and I was, I was, I was agile. So it, it just worked out really well. And my first acting experience ever was actually when I did mythologies and uh, I had never acted before. That was, they just kind of said, Hey, we're going to do this thing here. And uh, two other guys were actual actors. The, the guy that played Raiden uh, in there, and also the guy that played um, he played, the, I gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But he was uh, one of the Lin Quay guys. And uh, yeah, so I was just getting pointers from them. They were saying, hey, when you do this, do this. And so I learned a lot just from from them. And then just all the outtakes. I don't know if you guys went online and ever saw the outtakes, but there's some funny stuff in there like yeah, between did, Rich and, Lee and I and Leah. Uh, and Leah was funny because she was just having a trouble with a few of the lines were just uh, different. And she would walk up and I'm doing it. And she'd screw up. And then the one time she finally got it right i screwed up and she's like i can't believe you did that you screwed it up
3: and i was trying to do it again like that was her one shot
1: and <laughs> yeah and then uh, d- one time what you'll see i'm climbing up these stairs and i'm like supposed to be looking down in this volcanic pit and they got these these goofy little wooden stairs that are real flimsy and i'm supposed to be like walking up these crazy stairs and I get to the top man and the thing like buckles on me and it looks like I'm falling off of it. And then I fall and I like drop down like two feet, you know? And so it's, it's funny watching it when he replays it, you know, it's like, this is what we wanted to do. This is what you did, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just really crazy when you look at a green screen, you know, like when the game came out and I saw, you know, the kids playing in the arcades and I'm looking at the screen, I'm like, wow, that's just wild how they did that. They just inserted another character in there and all the, punches and everything matched up and uh yeah i just yeah. never had seen that before i mean like, you, you know
3: to- like uh, do you get to see what like the visualization is going to be before it's done or like the first time you seen the game was the first time you seen actually the what the scenes you did looked like finished you yeah so i until the game was done
1: well, I saw some of them, they would come in there and they would show me basically on the green screen, they would stick the other guy and I would see some of that, but I never saw the completely finished product where, you know, you punch him and he shoots through another wall and goes up top, you know, they showed me on like one Mortal Kombat one and two, but I never saw myself in there. You know, I'm like, Oh, okay. When I saw that, I just assumed I didn't know anything about, you know, CGI or, you know, uh, green screen. So when they were showing me, I just thought, wow, how did they do that? You know? But then I mean, when I they didn't her, know
3: anything
0: about it either back then. No, I'm joking. Yeah. So yeah. they had to uh, They had to straight up, you had to do every single move. Every single yeah. move you
1: do, you had to do? Like you had yeah, to go they, through the a list, list
0: for every single button combination? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yep, that's yep. Like really so they had a list. Tedious. They, oh, okay, now we got to do this. Okay, now we got to do this. And then for the running scenes, I had a little treadmill in there. And so when I first got on there, I'm like, booking it out. You know, and he goes, oh, oh you can't go that fast. You got to go this. I'm like, that's not running. He goes, oh, yeah, but we'll speed it up when you get in the game. And I'm like, yeah. I was running. Like, yeah. like the, the
3: character's doing like the slight jog, but they're running.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I know your, exactly Sean what Bolton. you're talking about. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to be Usain Bolt and they're like, no, slow down, we can't film that. You know, oh, the, but, you know the characters weird. do like
3: running kicks. I imagine they didn't try to get you to do like, all right, now while you're running on the treadmill, jump up and kick. No. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, no. So the, the, the hardest ones to do were the flying sidekicks. Yeah. Because it was just impossible to fit you into the frame. So I remember in one of mine, I would I started the jump, and then they sat me on a box.
3: I knew that's where you're going with
1: this. Yeah. And then they, they had me do the finished kick and position. Do kick. And then they just scrub it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then they just, <laughs> like, <laughs> click and drag your body wherever they need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what was really bizarre was I, I know how to do that kick, but when they you do it in their frame, it just doesn't work because it's too fast. You fly from one area to the other. Oh, yeah, yeah and it they didn't catch a shot. thing. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, some of the stuff that surprised me, too. They could just wash the whole thing. They could take the whole box I'm sitting on and just wipe it out so it looks like I'm flying through the air. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty wild. My first t- taste of, of uh, all that stuff. And then uh, Mythologies was was uh was was a lot of fun to do just working with everybody and long days though you know and you're wearing this costume all day long and but you get to know everybody and then we went on tours and did you know electronic shows and that was a lot of fun meeting i, I really enjoy meeting the fans like i I like doing the like the um the trade shows and all that stuff it's yeah. really fun oh, yeah. to meet people especially like I had, a, I had a kid send me an email the other day and uh uh, on Instagram just explaining how I affected his his childhood growing up. And it really it's it's heartwarming to me to hear these stories like these kids escaped a lot of bad things to play Mortal Kombat like in their home. And oh yeah it, and it, instead it of being out, out feel, on the
3: streets they wanted to get home and play Mortal yeah, Kombat. Yeah.
1: Instead yeah. of you know being in an abusive home or being out on the street they said man your game saved my life. Um, you know, playing your character because it got me off the streets or it got me out of an abusive home. And, and uh, I had stories of like a kid, uh, I just heard one today that he was bullied in a, in, a, in a bowling alley when he was a kid and he challenged the kid to a Mortal Kombat game and, you know, embarrassed the kid and, and you know, showed this kid up. So it was really cool to hear the stories of how Mortal Kombat like affected everyone's life differently, and I, I like hearing them all. It's fun, you know, oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah. it's cool. And I'll, I'll be honest, like I, yeah, I did this video, and I think I showed it to you guys that video I just did recently. Yes, um, yeah, and, and, and you know the the thing we say is you know we're we're nothing without the fans, and it's it's fun to hear the stories. And I, I got to say, the Mortal Kombat fans um, are the nicest, uh, the coolest, and down to earth people I've ever met. You know, I've never had anybody like when I was a fitness model, I did, did some stuff too. And people would come up and they're just rude, you know, but I've done so many shows and I've done so many signings. Yeah. Everybody is just so cool. And then they bring their kids up and their kids are like into it, you know, and you know, the dad's passing it down to the kid. I just, I'm shocked at how, how much this game has lived on. You know, it's actually a cult following now. Yeah. You know? still, so, yeah I mean, it's yeah. still going. You know, I, I had
3: to like, it doesn't surprise yeah. me now, but I, I remember having that thought like, wow, Mortal Kombat's still a thing, you know, <laughs> like, and, yeah, they just yeah. keep adding to yeah. it. And so, and you were, you played sub-zero all the way till Armageddon, didn't you? Uh,
1: well, it's you know his for trail. It's his portrayal
0: my... because. Our, well,
3: at, they, at, whenever wow. you're credited to that sub-zero, like it's because yeah. it's your sub-zero that continues on all the way till Armageddon. 'Cause at
0: some point
1: yeah. they do switch. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No,
3: that's no, yeah, right. At some, they do at some, at some point, actual CG, well, gameplay, they, no, they, blah blah
0: blah. Well, no, in, I think it was Mortal Kombat. Um oh, what was that? It was like one of the first PS2 ones where they switched. To... No, 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 it was before Deadly Alliance.
3: Deadly Alliance was the first PS2. Yeah. Oh, I don't well, know. Then, no, I'm not say was, that like I know, of... but I, I, Gosh, I thought I know it,
0: Keenan. There was one before <laughs> that, and they switched to they switched to like 3D models where it was like it was like Polygon. It was yeah. and he yeah, was yeah. technically still, it was still based off him because you could see his face, but it wasn't mm-hmm. him. It was just they they digitally made a cartoon version of him yeah and so yeah right. yeah so it's technically but him, still, it's his it's his,
3: sub, it's his portrayal of sub-zero like yeah you said, yeah
1: yeah you, you know what's it's weird i don't know if you guys have seen any of the, the action figures but they're like getting less and less looking like me you know and i'm like, the it's like oh, that sucks. sucks. yeah it's like this kid sent it to me goes man what the hell is this doesn't even look like you i'm like it doesn't all it does is have little bit of a square head, but it's got a completely different nose, mouth, eyes, yeah. everything, you know? And <laughs> it's just like, sucks. yeah, I think what they're afraid of is they don't want to have to pay um, either a royalty or something. But, you know, I mean, Warner Brothers, I think, has the rights to all the uh, Mortal Kombat stuff now because they bought it. And I think there's a place called NetherRealm Studios that yeah. is a subsidiary or, or part of Warner Brothers now. And yeah, they're yeah. working alongside them. So... Yeah, I was going to try and do this thing where I would make up these t-shirts and uh, I would go to signings and bring the t-shirts with me. And uh, I had called, uh, I think it was Ed Boone or John Tobias and asked him and they said, well, we don't have any saying that anymore. Warner Brothers bought all the rides. So I tried to get a hold of people at Warner Brothers. Just it's so hard to get a hold of anybody. You, know, you bounce from one phone to another and then they tell you, I'll call you back and they never do. Yeah. Yeah. So and they I, make it uh, like that. It's like by design that it's like that, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's like I did this that video recently trying to get fans to contact Warner Brothers. But several of them got back to me and he said, hey, man, we tried, but they're just they put you on hold. They never answer the phone. And I'm like, thanks for trying. You know, it's it's cool. But maybe one day they'll start putting us in those films, you know, in cameo roles. I think it'd be pretty cool. But
0: yeah, man, I really hope so. I mean, I mean, a lot of you. Absolutely. Especially you and um, uh, Richard Divizio. He. uh Y'all are still doing stuff, aren't y'all? Yeah, yeah. There's a few yeah. of y'all
1: that are still doing things. Yeah, yep. And um, like I'll have a, I have a, uh, a movie I'm going to be in coming out uh, this year. It's they were kind of waiting to see when the theaters would open, and they just started opening some of them in San Diego. But uh, and then they're gonna let us know when it'll be out. But it's called Wolfhound, and it's a World War II movie, and uh, I play uh one of the main bad guys in it. A pretty good uh, cast and crew and. And director and stuff, so it'll be a really good film, and I'll I'll put a message out and let everybody know when it comes oh, yeah. out and go check Absolutely. it out. Absolutely, he says it's called Wolfhound. Wolfhound, yeah. And it's based yeah, on a I'll story. It's about, uh, yeah, it's about a World a War II uh, Jewish American pilot who gets shot down in in Germany. Uh, he's he's an American pilot, but um, and and then he tries to you know get away, but they end up uh, you know capturing his plane, and what they're trying to do is make a long story short is the the, people don't know this, but Germany had a bomb and they were trying to use Trojan horses to go bomb like the rest of the Europe, Europe countries. And, um, so that's kind of what it's about in my area that I'm in. I'm the one running this area where we're trying to capture these, uh, planes from the allies and use them as Trojan horses. So it's a it's, it's based on a true story. So it's pretty neat, you know, I mean, as as horrible as the Holocaust was, there's some good stories that definitely are coming out of that thing of heroism and everything else. Absolutely.
3: Like you what interests me is, uh, you know, like you said, that's a true story and I've heard many uh, true stories of like what may have almost might've been about world war two. And that's like mind boggling to me to think like, had they succeeded how things would have changed, been different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's crazy when you think about it. I mean, yeah, it's like we'd probably speak in German, hadn't they not, you know, gotten rid of it? I mean, you guys. live in
0: California, so it's going to be soon. <laughs> no, yeah. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Bro, inappropriate. I <laughs> saw how <laughs> to throw that one in. No, like, uh, one of the biggest I, questions I ain't I've ain't disagreeing with and, you. Like, uh, I have a whole list of questions here. No, God. Sure, sure. I did not. Like, uh, it was one of my, He he just informed me of something. And I was like, oh, bro, that changes my questions entirely. Because he just told me that you were were in prison break?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tried to kill uh, It's been uh, years,
3: but oh, man, like I used to love that series and watch like every episode. At least I I watched the whole series twice. (laughs) Who the hell were you? (laughs) Well,
1: uh, actually, you know what's bizarre about that is when I auditioned for the role, the character's name was Turk. And that's my nickname because my last name's Turk and everybody calls me Turk. So when I went in for the audition, um, I did it. And then I got called back and I was before the director and producers. And there's like eight people in a room, you know, just staring at you. And the director says, wait a minute. He goes, your name's John Turk and the role is Turk. And he goes, that's, that's too much of coincidence, you know? And then uh, I read for him and they ended up liking it. And so I got on the show and that was my character was Turk on there. So if you if you on my on my youtube channel i have it on there the scenes the scenes that i was in two days of uh, filming and uh, i tried to kill lincoln and he ends up tossing me off of a balcony and landed on my head basically so <laughs> but <laughs> well, it was uh, a really good time, time. It well was like fun. was it
3: like early in the series or was it after they
1: got out of prison yeah, was, obviously there's yeah, no was, um, in prison yeah it <laughs> was episode one i think it was yeah it was season one episodes five and six was
3: like yeah they're in prison the whole first season right
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. It was uh, the episode's called Riots, Drills, and the Devil. I think.
3: I think. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the the parts I I remember the least are the parts where they're actually trying to break out of the prison in the show called Prison Break. Then they have like yeah. seven other seasons after they get out of prison, and it goes into yeah. conspiracies and government, and they, yeah. they haven't yeah. talked yeah. about prison since season one. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're on season eight. You know, it was yeah. a crazy
1: series, but man, yeah. I'm gonna go you know, back they, and watch it. Yeah, they they actually shot in Joliet prison in Chicago, which is a legitimate jail. And it was, it's really old. It's, it's actually a pretty cool looking jail. It's like from 18, 1800s and it's made of stone. It looks like a castle. And the room we were in was the old boiler room and it was where like garbage and stuff would be. And I remember when I, I'm one of the things about me, people will know me. I'm a pretty, uh, anally clean, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, my house is
3: pretty garbage.
1: clean. Yeah, so I get in there and they're like, yeah, you know, you're going to land in here and you're going to you know, play dead for a little while while he talks to you. And I'm looking at the floor and I can just tell it's just nasty, grimy and dirty and it's disgusting. And I look at the guy, and go, do you mind if I wipe the floor down? He goes, "Oh uh, yeah, because we'll be able to see it. I go, no, no, I'll just lay on the spot. So I get out to this big thing of Clorox. I'm Clorox on the floor and I look and I'm like, oh, crap, man. I just cleaned the whole floor. It's this big white spot. And, and he like, we needed those-
2: that dirt, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I, I just laid on the what, the spot, you know. And the funny thing, I was I was watching it with uh, two of my friends when it first came on. And then he stops the video. and goes, "Dude, do not tell me you laid on that floor." And, and I started laughing. I go, "No, I cleaned it with bleach." And they they actually got mad at me for cleaning it. You know, So <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, so, that's great. Yeah, it's it's weird you know, when you see. The no, like, the
0: we're paying box. you to lay in filth. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it, it oh it was just great you know a lot of people just do it anyways, you know, but I didn't want to pick up something for life off that floor if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Bad. Yeah,
3: They're like, no man, the filter's in the script.
2: No. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, right,
1: right. But yeah, that was fun. I mean, I I did um I did a few other things. I did Walker Texas Ranger years ago. That was my that was actually my my uh second job after uh Mortal Kombat and uh, oh yeah, and see you, like
3: I've watched very little of that, like I enjoyed it like as a kid like when my parents were watching it that kind of thing
0: yeah <laughs> like oh yeah. uh, you? Like, that's ageist yeah
3: i know
2: that's that <laughs> uh, that's me being yeah. ageist but uh, yeah. what happened
3: you remember you remember the exact
1: episode and season you were in i'm sure that kind
3: of thing yeah i did uh,
1: yeah that that uh, i can't remember that one. i did it so long ago i did that gosh years ago um but i went in uh, it was shot in texas they flew me down to texas and the guy i did my scene with was andy devoff and andy devoff is a guy that you don't know his name, but if you see him, you know him. Really cool dude, and he turns out to be a huge Mortal Kombat fan. So uh, I did my scene, and um, yeah, and so he, um, we're just talking, and he says, uh, "What have you, what have you done before?" And I said, "Oh, I, you ever played Mortal Kombat?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I love that game. I go, I was Sub Zero on it." And he just right away, just a million questions because he was trying to form his own game. So we stayed in touch a little bit. He was asking me questions about, you know, how we did this, that, and the other thing. But Andy Deboff was, he played Gans in 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, okay. was Cherry Gans. Yeah. Uh, the name's uh, nice yeah, you'll know him. He's got, uh, yeah. And he also, if you saw the movie Toy Soldier, he played the um, the uh, drug cartel guy that took them all hostage. And um, you'll know I, him I if you see him. That, He's yeah. One of those, I, yeah, yeah, really good actor, too. But so he, uh, you know, I met him on there and uh, Chuck Norris, and it was it was a real fun time. And that was my second job, and you could tell it was my second job. <laughs> <And I> look <laughs> uh, back up. Like, oh man, I can't believe I acted like that. What uh, that was what, fun, man. It,
0: what was your better experience, uh, Transformers or Dark Knight?
1: Well, Transformers, I was um, I was on only for two days, uh, oh, okay. and it was that one scene. But Dark Knight, I was on for. Dark Knight was interesting because I did an audition for a part on it. And the part I auditioned for was the one that, um, he's the big black dude with the the weird eye. He just passed away. Um, He's looking out this window and he comes over and gives the guy a key. I auditioned for that. And uh, they ended up giving giving him the role, but the guy said, Hey, we like you. We want to use you for something else. Um, But so just, it's not over with. So I go, okay, cool. Well, like two months goes by and I get a call from my buddy because I do stunts too. And he says, hey, man, uh, you, you want to play in a garage scene? Or we need some, uh, a fight scene to do, because I, I can do fight scenes pretty good, obviously. And I said, yeah, sure. So I ended up being in the parking garage for um, like two weeks. And all of a sudden, my agent calls me and says, hey, you got that part? And I said, what part? What movie? And she goes, Dark night. I said, well, what part is that? She goes, well, they passed on the other one, but they wanted you for this other part. It's a, it's a Chechen bodyguard. And I'm laughing. I'm like, that's what I'm playing right now on the stunt crew. So they said, well, I, I said, how many days does it shoot? And they said, well, it only shoots two days. I said, I'm on the stunts for this. I'd rather do the stunts. I've been on it for a month that are going to keep me on here more. And she goes, okay, well, they might not want you to do that. So then they call back and says, they'll pay you for this, the acting part and they'll keep you on as the stunt part afterwards, but they want you for this part. So it really worked out pretty cool. So I got the acting part and then I got the, the stunt part too and the two kind of merged together. So what's really strange is that's the part they were thinking of me for And it ended up being a stunt part too. So it all worked out good. But my lines got cut out, you know, in all these big movies, they always cut things out. Yeah. oh Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty cool thing to do too. I mean, I was on the midnight shift and it was really hard because they had two crews and they had a midnight one that was going from like 11 at night to seven in the morning. And then they had the other one. And so I was like going almost a month with no sleep because I worked as a trainer at the time too. I left the police department. So I would work and train my clients during the day and then I would go back and work all night. I'd get like two hours sleep a day. And I mean, I was like hey. so crazy by the end of it. And it was just, uh, it was insane and I don't even know how I did it, but after a while, you know, you're running on fumes and, and stuff like that. But yeah, that was fun. Dark night was much better to work, work on, uh, transformers was crazy. Um, Michael Bay's a bit of a, um, he definitely likes his sets run very strict and on time. And so he was, uh, like Definitely a the kind free, of guy kinda. where, yeah, you're a little on edge when you're working on a set because he's really is, you know, bang, 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 wants things done and and that. And and Shia LaBeouf is uh pretty. Uh, he's actually a pretty tough little. Like I had a little squirmish with him where we fall over the hood of a car and then I get on top of him and uh, he was he wasn't a typical. Like I've been in some scenes before with other actors and they're just. Not uh, the, let's just say the toughest, yeah, the toughest people, but Shia LaBeouf was, he was a tough guy. He was, uh oh, not yeah. complain. Got he got his tooth didn't...
3: removed just to be more yeah, accurate too. and fury, you
2: know?
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah, like, yeah,
3: yeah. that doesn't yeah. shock me. Like, so, you know, uh, no, yeah, yeah that, that adds up. Shia LaBeouf being tough, I can believe that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't a typical wussy actor, so, <laughs>
3: Yeah, and that, that yeah, kind of like uh, makes me pretty, like he tried to guys. come off as like a tough guy greaser in the Indiana Jones movie. That, that just hearing that makes me that, yeah, yeah. that, that
1: role a little bit more believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's 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 got uh you know um, a lot of things going on with his personal life. It seems like you know he's had some incidents in the press. And feel for some of these guys. You know, they're they're, they're he's basically a, a down to earth guy, but. You know i think a lot of these big time celebrities after a while you get really sick of people coming at you you know and then the press following you it's got to be hard oh absolutely like, all over you yeah i couldn't imagine it you know
3: yeah the the, the guy that played harry potter daniel radcliffe like that it, like the the being a celebrity drove him to alcoholism he became a, like a huge drunk just because like he couldn't stand how everyone on the face of the planet knew who he was and wanted to talk to him you know no comment yeah
2: yeah i could <laughs> no, see that
3: <laughs> I just know 10 people and they drive me to alcoholism. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, sometimes our own families drive us to alcoholism, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> oh god. Uh, speaking of uh, getting fat off alcohol, you just turned 59 yeah. but you're still looking like a badass. Yeah. And uh, Thanks, you do this whole thing, you know, yeah. the, fear, it- the fearless fitness, you know what in what inspires you to stay in shape and then even go on to help others stay in shape?
1: Um, you know, originally, my whole reason to stay in shape was I was afraid of dying. You know, I had a lot of people when I was younger. My my best friend was shot in the throat and cleaning his grill in the backyard. And I when I it really impacted me, because when I went to the wake and I saw him, their dad at 13 years old, it really flipped me out. You know, here I was talking to him, hanging out with him oh yeah just a funny kid full of life and then here he is he's, he's dead you know and it just really impacted like me yeah. and then I just became ultra ultra like worried about my health and I became like a hypochondriac and then I just got into working out basically because uh, I was I was wrestling when I was really young my neighbors are really good wrestlers and I'd wrestle with them and I just basically kicked my ass you know and uh I found that I was, they were always stronger than me. And I said, I just got to get stronger. So when I was 13 is when I began lifting weights to get better at wrestling. And then uh, as time went on, I, you know, I just, I just didn't like wrestling. I kept getting different skin infections and I got impetigo, I got staph infection, I got ringworm and I just was over it. And then the the final straw for me. Yeah. Well, long, little story short here, the final straw for me with wrestling was, we were in practice and one of the guys just stunk like hell. And I, I ended up wrestling on And I said, I just jumped off and I said, man, you smell so bad. And he started laughing and he said, well, that's why I smell bad. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, cause guys like you can't take it. And I screw their game up. And I just realized that all these guys I wrestled that stunk probably were just like him. And I said, I had enough of wrestling, man. And I just moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh man! And that's when
1: I got into martial arts. You know, is I, yeah, I started. That's I like martial sportsman. arts. Man, I mean,
3: like you're not like, winning on your prowess if yeah, you're yeah. to to stink. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Everybody tried to find some way to get an advantage, and you know, whatever that advantage is. Like I watched the UFC, and a lot of these guys cover the other guy's mouth. I mean, everyone's looking for the. The, the slightest advantage because when you get really good competition after a while, every little bit matters. You know, I just read this thing about the, the the British cycle team that, you know, they were constantly losing year after year. And what this guy did is he did what are called micro changes in all their training. So he, he made them change their jerseys, their helmets. He made them eat at certain times and all these, what are called micro changes came together and the Brits became one of the best cycling teams in the world because of this guy and it wasn't like they got one thing, they just it was a culmination of all these micro changes that made them better. So a lot of people laugh, you know, when they think, oh, what are you doing that for? It's not gonna make a difference. It's it's a called a, a totality of the circumstance or situation where they all make an effect. So all these little things these guys do, they all have an impact in the long run. They never know they might meet a guy like me who didn't like I actually, I actually didn't want to wrestle a guy. I just gave up because he smelled so bad. I couldn't take it, you know? Yeah. His armpit was rolling across my face, and I'm just like, this is disgusting, you know? Oh, then yeah. I got every tie I going. And, like, like I anyone would got do a- the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, a lot of guys didn't, but they kept going, you know? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, they, they got more heart-, Jesus. heart than me, I guess. Yeah, you know, so. and I
3: know exactly what you mean. Like, man, <laughs> it's so weird talking about my job when you're sub-zero, and I work at Little Caesars. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my- <laughs> I worked at a little uh, Little Caesars. It was not doing well. Had a bunch of crappy employees. It was a dirty store. I'm not gonna get into that. Yeah, but like, yeah. I know exactly what you mean because my boss, the dude who hired me, he came into Little Caesars and he was given this store to turn it around, and that is exactly how he's turned it around. And he's literally talked about that and in the, in the logic behind oh, really? it of micro changes. Yeah, micro I know changes. exactly yeah, what you're talking yeah. about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a book on that and it's um, it's, it's on, uh, I just watched, listened to it on YouTube. It's, it's all about that. And uh, it talks just like, that's what you do. Like, even like when you look in a bodybuilding world, a lot of these guys are so close, just little changes make a difference, including, you know, where you put your dye at, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the African-American bodybuilders, people don't realize, but they put dye on too. Like um, you would never think that they would have to, but your skin has to be a certain tone. So like some guys will come up there. They just don't have the skin tone down and it really makes a difference. So it's, it's amazing how these little changes here and there and everything. Now, now I want you to think of this guys. I was at the amateur level, you know, in, in high school. And now think of the pros, what these guys got to do, you know? I mean, some of them are just born with God-given talent and they throw it out, which is sad. A lot of them don't even do anything. And then they end up, you know, they're done after a while. But, you know, here I am, I'm almost 60 years old. I'm still working out for free. You know, I still take care of myself, but uh, as I've gotten older, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not afraid of dying so much anymore at all. I'm actually not afraid of it all. I just, I, I kind of, not, not to sound cliche, but I found God and uh, it's, it's put my mind at ease. So I don't have to worry about a lot of that that I used to worry about when I was younger. So, but yeah, now all you got to do is move Crazy to Texas stuff. and you'll be good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I
0: support that. Yeah. yeah no kidding. Huh? <laughs>
1: Yeah. i love texas i actually lived in houston i lived in houston oh, for did? a year oh that's so, cool that,
3: yeah. that makes me happy
1: <laughs> yeah you know i, I got a i got a buddy down there you can watch some of his videos he runs a bow fishing uh uh charter service and he's he's uh he's absolutely insane what he does he jumps in the water he does that noodling where he sticks his arm into the side oh, of the man. water and pulls out these giant catfish and his arm's bleeding and oh, it, it's God. called big Big Fishing, Bow Fishing, Texas. If you get a chance, check him out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's an insane dude. I knew him when I lived down in Texas. I stay in touch with him. He's uh, got a thriving business down there because it's uh, pretty cool. If you watch some of the videos, you guys might be interested in going on one of his charters. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, wh- where's he? Be- where's his charter based out, out of? Uh, he goes on, like, the Brazos River. He goes on to Trinity, and he goes on those rivers down there and, uh, and just, you know, fishes all day long and he goes for it like he has this busy season where he's, he's not home for six months you know he's got people from russia from all over the europe coming in to do his charters and he pulls out these 200 pound alligator gar out of the water and it just just big it, think of an alligator with no arms and legs it's a fish with it that looks like an alligator
3: oh yeah yeah massive. i've seen me some gar i know about that
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are in texas huh Absolutely, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. You know, like, man, part? I grew up on the bayou around gators and gar's and stuff.
1: Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're the, we're in the part southeast actually? part. We're like
0: we're like on the border of uh, Louisiana. Over oh there yeah, the, yeah, sure, sure. Like so Belmont I'm looking at. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I was supposed to go to Lake Conroe uh, over the the bad weather you guys had that big storm. Yeah, oh, the they canceled ice? everything on me. Right?
0: Yeah, your fault. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because you're, you
0: know, you're Sub-Zero. Yeah, Is it was my fault. Yeah, yeah. See, y- <laughs> you, you see
3: plan on coming to something? Texas and the whole state freezes over. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, some kid did a meme on that. It was pretty funny. Coincidence? Was, uh, I <laughs> think not. The whole of Texas. Uh,
0: that's funny. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, Keenan, do you have any other questions that you wanted to throw out there? Uh, aren't you? You're in a Godzilla versus Kong, aren't you? No, no, no. No, that was no. the other.
3: Yeah, now feels dumb Because that's, that's, Yom, that's oh another God, Mortal Kombat that's
0: guy. Cabal. Yeah. Oh, my. He gets so confused. <laughs> we're, we're doing Mortal Kombat month at the moment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I break, to be
3: honest, I, like, I, I did a lot of research. You know, like, I know about your Mortal Kombat history. And really, that's it. Like, they, I, it's like blowing my mind to find out, like, how much, uh, like, you're actually in and stuff. I, I keep a lot of stuff
0: secret so that my like, minds are blown. Yeah, see, like,
3: and also, <laughs> he's the one that does the research on personality. But like and yeah, uh, you know, like again, I did a bit of research and I knew you did some acting and like the you know, the big stuff. But like like Texas Texas Ranger, you know, like I ain't thought about that show in ages, and it really like amuses yeah. me and blows my mind to know that you're in Texas Ranger. Like I am gonna
1: research yeah, yeah. and watch that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vince Vaughn. I had a I had a scene in the breakup with Vince Vaughn. Good little scene and uh, with him. Oh, what? Then, uh, really? Like, I know. I remember the breakup. Well, which scene yeah, were yeah. you in? It was in. Yeah. So it, uh, what interesting with that is I did a, a, a bar scene where I come in and I take his girl from him. And we did a lot of like improv back and forth because he's he's a big improv guy. He goes by the script a little bit and then he goes, OK, let's just do whatever, you know. And, it, and for me, I'm a guy that's always prepared. It was kind of threw me off a little bit. But I'm like, it's Vince Vaughn. He wanted me to improv. We'll do it. You know, so we did. And, and it went over really well. But it turned out that they decided to go a different direction with the movie, like make it a little more serious. And my scene was a comedy scene. So they, they un, you know, I've never had this happen, but the director called me and said, John, we loved your scene, but um, our movie went a different direction. We're going to keep it in the deleted scene. So they kept my scene in the, if you get the DVD, it's in the deleted scene It's called Gary's pickup. And uh, he's actually pretty funny. This Vaughn, it, it just even offset, you know, he's another yeah, guy that real. Yeah. He's another guy that's real serious about his movies. He wants everything on time. If you're, you know, goofing off too much, he gets on people. He's, Definitely a serious kind of guy when it comes to his movies. So, but yeah, he's he's uh tall, he's about six six, man. He was like, Yeah, yeah. Was short. <laughs> just because,
3: like, the I, I'm not you know, that sounds about right. Like, just the way his talk he talks and his delivery, like, a lot of it sounds like, Yeah, no, yeah, that's improv.
0: Like, you know, hearing yeah. that it's improv, it's like,
3: Oh, that's why he, he's so rapid fire, you know? Yeah, it's weird.
0: It's weird that he's so funny that you almost forget how tall he is. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, how tall you? You're like yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's. A <laughs> I guess dude. so. Like,
3: I guess you're you're no. laughing to. No, to I don't know because,
0: well, he just did that movie Freaky where he's like a serial killer, and now you're like, oh look, he's actually kind of like, like a towering guy. Oh yeah, he he works, he's yeah. killing people. I really,
3: Freaky's existence. I know yeah, like, so gonna, hear about
0: when, when he's in comedies, he comes off as kind of like a shorter person because short people are funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: you know you think about it i mean look at uh you know chris rock and uh um, the guy that was in the the movie with the rock uh the, the smaller guy he's uh Scott Scott? or kevin hart kevin hart yeah, yeah. kevin
3: hart smaller guy yeah, yeah you see the, the movie Ooh, with okay. the rock smaller yeah. guy kevin hart
1: okay <laughs> hey, did you guys ever see that picture of him and Shaq standing next to each other yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah that, that is ridiculous <laughs> Isn't that, it's crazy i'm looking at things I'm, oh my god you don't realize is that a you child no that's kevin hart <laughs> yeah. Well, the other one you want to look at is look at Yao Ming next to Shaq, and you're like, "Wow, how big is Yao Ming? He makes Shaq. Oh, look I know.
3: He makes Shaq look short. You know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know yeah, humans got that tall."
1: Yeah, I can't imagine Kevin Hart next to Yao Ming. It's just a whole other dimension there. But
3: one thing I, I did want to talk to you about is uh, like I was very very interested in the fact that you were a cop around the Chicago area, mm-hmm. and like, uh, what drove you? Like, did like Did you spend a lot of time thinking, oh, man, when I grow up, I'm going to be a cop or it was a it was a sudden revelation?
1: Yeah. So that's a whole nother story. (laughs) So uh, at the time I was living in Houston and my friend I lived with uh, that I was hanging out with down there. He was from Chicago. We kind of went down together and he was a he was a policeman in the metro area where I worked. And uh, he uh, I decided after a year, I said, man, I I just didn't like Houston. It was just too hot and humid for me, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) And I liked the city and I just didn't have a city feel to it. So I just told my buddy, I said, Hey man, you know, I'm going to go back to Chicago. He goes, what are you going to do there? You know? And I, I go, I don't know. He goes, you should be a cop. You know, I think they'd hire you, you know, you're got your act together you're in shape, uh, and it's a really good job. And I go, I'll think about it. So I got home and still didn't know what I want to do. And I, I saw that this, uh, metro area was hiring. So I went and, uh, just filled out an application. And when I uh, they called everybody for the uh, initial uh, orientation. There was 400 guys there for, 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 for one job. And I walked in and I'm like seeing all these other policemen trying to apply for this job from other, you know, metro areas. And I said, I'm not going to get this job. What am I even doing here? I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, I'll just apply anyways, you know. Yeah, so then the first the, part what's of it. the worst it, that
3: could happen, Yeah.
1: Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? So the first test is the written exam and they only take like the top 20%. And I made it. So I got in. And, uh, and so then as time went on, you know, it's about six months of testing. I kept passing and passing and passing. And, uh, and then finally I'm like, I get down to the psychological exam, which I thought I would fail. <laughs> but I didn't. And, uh, so yeah, I took that and, uh, and I passed and then they're like, the next stage is the police and fire commission list. And I had no idea how many people were left. I go, wow, I can't believe I made it this far. There must be still be like you know 30 people after something you know and so the commission called me and they said hey uh we got some good news and uh oh no, no uh just so you know we're gonna have our interviews now uh and your your interviews for this period of time i said okay i said how many people are left and she goes only 10 and i'm like holy cow i made it you know i'm one of 10. so i did the i did the oral interviews and uh when the, the oral interviews were over it was funny at the time I just came back from Texas and I had really long hair. I had a mullet. I, my hair was literally like Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I took my mullet during the interview. Yeah. And I rolled it into a big, long ponytail and I stuffed it down the back of my suit, but you could see it, you know, that no one's and seen one of the it. guys oh, when yeah. I walked oh, yeah. into the interview it. had a, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the guys when I walked in was had a big, long ponytail and I'm like, okay, this guy's cool. He's going to, he's going to, you know, not judge me or whatever. So I walked in and, uh, one of the things they said to me at the end of my interview was, is, you know, we could see you got really long hair. Would you cut your hair if you got hired? And I said, Hey man, I'll shave it off. If you want me to, you know, I just threw that out there and they laughed and, and then I left. And then about a week later, the, uh, the secretary called me and she says, well, I got some good news and a bad news. Uh, The good news is, um, or the bad news is you're number two on the list. I'm like, Oh, bummer. You know? And she said, but the good news is they decided to hire two people. Do you want the job? And I said, she goes, I'll give you a week to think about it. I go, I don't need to think about it. I go, yeah, I'll take it, you know, and it was just yeah. bizarre. Here I am. I'm a cop now, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I got, I got hired, and uh, the guy I got hired with left after a year, he went to the LAPD, and a crazy story about it was, is the first, so I was a training officer, and my friend Ron had already worked for the police department in another, another area. He was a former policeman, got hired when I did. So he already had police experience. So when he went to L.A. and I finally went to the street after the police academy, he ended up his first day on the street. He shoots and kills a guy. Could you imagine? Oh wow. that? Yeah, he gets out on a traffic stop and a guy pulls a gun on him and he Ron was a good and shot. And that's in L.A. Yeah, yeah. But what was wild was when I was in a his police company. academy. You guys remember Mr. T, right? Oh yes. yeah, remember Mr. T? So Mr. T's brother was my defensive tactics instructor. Yeah. Really, really super cool guy. His last name was actually yeah. So, yeah, for three months, he was my DT guy, along with another guy named Jim Marsh, who are just insane, insane guys like Jim Marsh was known to worked on the zombie squad and they would throw him into like drug houses and he would just drag people out. The first day of the academy gets in and he holds up a stun gun and he starts talking and he's zapping himself with the stun gun and he's not moving and he's just talking and he goes, I just did this to show you guys that these things are garbage. They don't work. And then if somebody goes, ah, you weren't stinging yourself. And he goes, come here. He lifts up his shirt and his skin has these giant red, like, you know, holes in it. Yeah. And it's I'm thinking, like they're, they're mosquito bites to him. They're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to get stung with the stun gun, which still hurt. I don't know how the guy stood there and talked. And all he did was flex his stomach. So, I mean, there are some bad dudes in that police academy. So. <laughs> yeah. It's um, from years yeah. of giving that
3: one presentation of just stunning himself <laughs> over and over. Yeah. He built it up. You know. Yeah, he,
1: <laughs> Yep. Yeah. He probably numbed his whole side. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. And you know, if there were guys when I was a policeman that I got sprayed with pepper spray. We had to get sprayed with and they would film us. So yeah, in I've case we ever went to court or, you know, cruel and unusual punishment, we'd say, Hey man, we did it to ourselves. But there were guys that I literally took my whole can and emptied it in their mouth and it was coming out of their mouth through their mouth and out their nose. That's how much I sprayed them because they just wouldn't stop fighting, and it didn't even stop certain people. And pepper spray was far worse than a stun gun. And oh, the, yeah. it, if you encounter someone on meth, it's insane what they can put up with. It's, it's it'll, it'll I blow have your it. mind. So like I know what you mean. Yeah, like they're they're just uh, I
3: don't know. It's just like their their body's unstoppable and their mind's gone. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think Sub Zero could handle that much pepper spray. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah,
3: maybe it's a freeze spray before it got to him. But if it gets to
0: him, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you man, know that's I, brutal. what? Uh, this is probably a little, you know, weird to talk about, but not too weird. You Get me opinions and beer. What's your opinions yeah. on some of the right, some of the media? How the media portrays police work and they don't really. Cause you're te- what you're telling us is like that's kind of yeah, deep because like it's you kind you being of like, a cop and all, you're it's talking about kind of like defund well, the police. And no, you no, know, kind of yeah, stuff. because well, just a lot of things about you know police work seems a lot harder than it is portrayed by the media, where they don't portray like, yeah. oh, why don't you just stun them? Why don't you use pepper spray them? Well, it doesn't work on you know like police officers yeah. have to encounter craziness almost every day. Yeah, like like sometimes you're about, like
3: like there's people out there that uh, don't even uh, they can't even contemplate like oh, why didn't you just try to pepper spray that meth head? You know, I was like, because, like, he's, yeah. you know, like, I did, it didn't work. Like you said, I emptied the can, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, these people, when they're on drugs and they're, they're you know what people don't realize about the Rodney King incident, which was, you know, it was horrible what happened to the guy, but people don't realize there was three other guys arrested and handcuffed in the squad car that didn't get beat up and were just in there and didn't fight back. But Rodney King was was high, and he, yeah. um you know. There's a whole other video that no one saw and the media selectively played what they wanted to play. And yeah, they were wrong, but you got to realize being a cop and he just beat up, you know, three or four of your, your fellow police officers, you get caught up in a moment and I'm not, I'm not condoning what they did, especially when he's on the ground laying there. But all I'm, got, I'm telling you is, is he was a big dude, Rodney King, he was 6'5", 280, and he was taking police out left and right. And when you're on the on the job and this happens – you you're still a human and you get amped up when you're getting pounded on and you oh, yeah. start to turn off and when you're take your friends or, out
3: left and right these are your your, your yeah. partners and your, your
1: your colleagues yeah so yeah you're in a life or death situation you're a person just like anyone else you're training you get trained here and there it's not something you're doing on a daily basis and what pe- people don't realize is when you're a policeman. You literally go from zero to 200 miles an hour in one second because one minute you could be just getting gas at your for your car and somebody's shooting at you. Oh yeah. So now you're making foot seconds. Your, you're stopping you a robbery or what have you. Yeah. You can't train for any of that. And I had so many situations where I don't even know how, how I even functioned in some of them, you know, like you know, you you get you go into a bar fight or you walk into a domestic call, and it's just insane what people go through. Like I remember being on the, as I became a detective and I would work with Chicago police directly a lot of times. And I just remember going to the projects and some of the stories they would tell me, like, I remember I want to walk up to the elevator to take the elevator and they start laughing. I go, go ahead and do that if you want. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, they're going to pee on you through the elevator. And I'm just like, what do you mean they're going to pee on me? So they would never take the elevators and they would pot shot at the police. I mean, it's just really, really bad situation. So people need to stop and, and give the police a break. Listen, there's bad pol- people in every profession. But what these guys deal with day in and day out, especially in a city like Chicago, you, 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 for you to sit there and, and cut these poor guys down, yeah, go after the bad ones. We'll stick to Derek Chauvin in jail. He's guilty, you know? Yeah, I mean, Whatever like the bad is, ones
3: are but, the bad ones. And it doesn't, you know, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like, I, I don't know. Uh it's hard to put it in the words. Like uh the yeah. whole every the whole police department is being affected by the bad ones, and there are good good ones out there. Right. Even if there's right. a lot of Here's bad the- ones and a little <laughs> bit of good ones, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's the case, but that's yeah. a lot of people's arguments. Like when you say, dude, there's good cops out right. there, they're like, Yeah, like five. You know? <laughs> no, <laughs> All no. right, but even though it's like no, 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 no. like Look, the whole uh, entire police you. department shouldn't be held accountable because there are bad cops out of the, out there. You know, there's, it's like yeah. impossible to weed it out to make sure that there's not one bad cop in America. Yeah. It's physically impossible.
1: It's impossible. but I mean, you know, you got to realize something too. It's like, it, first of all, uh, like you just said, there are bad cops, but you know, I, I worked for almost 10 years. I've met thousands of policemen from other areas and, and so forth. I never met one guy that was overtly, racist he or overtly cop, mean. The whole, like he, he took cop. the job to hurt people and that kind yeah. of shit. yeah i mean people say stuff behind closed doors i never ever heard anybody saying like outwardly racist things it, it just i mean the what the media has done to the police in this in our country is disgusting and if a cop's a racist he's going to get found out and it's going to come out and they're going to get brought to the surface and if, if he doesn't, there's more corruption in that department and it needs to be taken apart, you know? Yeah. So it, where I came from, I never saw it. And it was, it's just sad to see that there's so many good cops out there that are putting their lives on the day, on the, on the, you know, on the job every day. And they're being, yeah. like, you know, just spit on like, yeah, I'm like getting right a lot of thought, were, like, you know, I have
3: a lot of respect for cops and that's like a, that's a, a new development. You know, like I grew up, uh. Like, I, I wasn't that much of a little shit, but, you know, like, I like to party, you know, like, uh, th- right, right, you know, when I was a teenager, there was the list of drugs right. I wouldn't do was a very short list. You oh, know, no. so like, you know, I had my run in <laughs> with cops and, and yeah. it's like, I remember my logic for wanting to talk shit on the cop and make the cop out to be the one that's a piece of shit, and not me. Cause it's like it's just easier that way. If the cop's more worse than the bad guy, then he's the one in the wrong. He's the one right. wronging you. You're the uh, you've done nothing wrong. You're you're the victim here. Cause yeah. he's. He's abusing you, but that's because you're resisting the rest. And it's like, well, yeah. uh, you know, like, oh, drugs should You know, I just, I remember the whole logic of thinking like that cop, even though I'm the one that got caught with drugs, he's trying to take me to jail. I'm resisting the rest. In my mind, he's the bad guy. You know, and, it's just, you know, <laughs> and, and that's, those are the people painting the picture of, of police in the media. They're like, right. oh well, he beat the shit out of me. Well, like he chased you for 45 minutes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> of course he beat yeah, the shit yeah. out of you when he got you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: yeah, you know, you know, I what I think, guys, is I I blame the media because what they've done is they've taken one side of the story and they've they've made it way bigger, and they they've emphasized it and they've divided our country, especially against the police. It's the worst thing that they could have ever done because the police. There's you need the police. Oh yeah, on the police. It's insane oh, to me. It, and you, another thing I thought yeah, about it is it, how it, like uh
3: like people like it, it, and it still has it's kind of like in the same ballpark of what I just said. But like people just so don't want to be held accountable to their actions, right? And it's like yeah. you know it's of course you, you got like those moments where a cop gives a guy a break. You know, guy gets caught a little bit of marijuana. The cop takes the marijuana. Yeah, and he's like, this is a warning. You know, just like quit, quit doing this shit. But I'ma let you go. You know, all right. But then like you got right. the merciless cop. And you get caught with a bit, a little bit of marijuana, and that cop's like, "Well, marijuana is legal," and he he charges you to the full extent of the law. That cop is not a bad guy, all right? Because there Mm -hmm. are merciless – like, that cop was less – had a little less mercy than the other cop. Doesn't mean he did anything wrong. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean he made a bad decision. Doesn't mean his morals need to be questioned. He is doing his job to the T, and he has the right to do so. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep.
1: it's 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 like, you know, civilians
3: don't think about that. Like, I literally did not think about – my brother – was caught with an ounce of marijuana. All right. And the cop took the ounce of marijuana and he gave him a warning and said, All right, I'm taking this ounce of marijuana, <laughs> but that is all I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you, you consider this a warning, you go home, you quit, quit fucking up and have a nice day. You know? Yeah. And he let my cop, yeah. my, my brother go. Like yeah, yeah. three days later, I get caught with a little half of a <laughs> joint. No, no. All right. And thinking what just <laughs> happened to my brother. Yeah, right, yeah, this yeah. just happened to my brother. He was caught with an ounce. Yeah. That is so many joints. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I, I I immediately and of course, like, you know, I've always tried to give cops a bit of a doubt, even when I'm the bad guy. So yeah. like I pull out the joint and, and you know, and like he's like, you know, and he straight up of said, like, if you're if you're <laughs> honest, it'll make a huge difference. And I didn't yeah. hesitate, pulled out that joint. Here you go, sir. He pulled out the handcuffs. <laughs> he brought my no. ass to jail. Okay. And, you know, I was bitter yeah. about it. And I've I, I given it a yeah. lot of thought. And it's like, in no way or fashion, is that cop a bad guy? It, what he did wasn't yeah. bad. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying. You were a cop. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, you know here, here's, here's what I will say. People always ask me, what do I do when I encounter the police? And I'll just say right off the bat, the best thing you can do is to just be nice because especially in this day and age, the police, every time they go to a call in in Chicago, they got to send eight or nine guys on a call for not even a violent call because the whole neighborhood comes out and starts attacking them and yelling at them and screaming. Oh yeah. Nowadays they're pulling out their phones
3: and they want to record the whole thing. Right. Everyone wants to exercise their rights to the fullest extent. And you're like, uh, and they're just like, it could be the minorest transaction and the cops is trying to do his job. He, the cops had a great day all day. The cops in a yeah. great mood, you know, but they yeah. want to exercise their rights. So they're like, no, you can't see my ID. And no, I know what I can get away with. And it's yeah. just like the cops, you know, it's just you give the cop your yeah. ID, tell him yeah. everything. Yeah. You know, like people yeah. who yeah. have nothing to hide are hiding things out of like principle. Like I have done nothing wrong, but I'm still not telling you anything because that's my right. And you wonder well, why the cops mad? They're hoping that. Yeah. They're
1: get, well, what they're hoping for is to get on the news. That's what it is. Okay. Oh yeah, media, absolutely. No what, the media is going to stick up for them and make them look like the victim. And it, it's it's just oh, really and then, bad. like you
3: know, like I said, the victim mentality. They're hoping like they can make the cop to look out like such a bad guy that maybe their charges get dropped and. You know, in no yeah. way from fashion, was I doing anything wrong. That cop was just yeah. overstepping his bounds. Yeah. You, you're, you're right. You know, like you had, you know, like I don't know, he only found weed on you. <laughs> That's not wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm always gonna defend the police just because I was one. I worked with them and I still have a lot of friends that are cops, and I I know a lot of good people. And the, the amount of bad people compared to good people is far outweighs it. You know, I've 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 met far worse lawyers in my police career than i did oh yeah apparently they're, they're notorious for being yeah, yeah.
3: it's like you can't. They're, they're like uh a, a, what is it a, a prosecution lawyer like one of them has to be moralist it's the prosecution lawyer. I guess, uh, yeah i don't know what of don't no, it's the defense attorney the okay defense, they're the ones defending people that are like you know like there's no proof he raped those nine women you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i know what you mean you know yeah, and, and like I said, this is a new development for me. I grew up like listening to punk rock, and I was like, you know, it, it's like it, it endorses uh, uh, messages like anarchy and fuck the police and fuck the government. Yeah. And then, like you know, yeah. I was just eating that shit up as a kid, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, fuck establishment. Yeah. It's okay, you right. know, the, the the more role and anarchy, the better. And like you know, the yeah. cops are the enemy, and you know, the, uh, yeah. fuck the system. And it's just it took a lot of. Really thinking about how I feel about it. Not what some lyrics told me to feel about it, but yeah. how I actually feel about it. And it's like, man, like cops are people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they're trying
3: to get through their shift. Yeah. And trying, was, and a lot you know, of them the like they're
1: very honorable. They're trying to protect us and shit. Yeah. And in the media has definitely been the 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 you know, the I'll just say the uh the the gasoline on the flame, you know what I mean? And yeah. they're just lighting it and they're pouring more and more on it. And what's happening is they're not just making people go against the police. They're ruining other people's lives because people are getting so rebellious now and so uh, forward in, in in the way they oh, go yeah. about things. Like it, now, it's a
3: trend to hate the cops.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Like right. Nickelback. Right. Oh my god. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, and the media really does. And and what's weird about the media or the current state of media is that mm-hmm. they don't even let new media form they don't let opposing views form we've seen this our 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 show's seen this recently we had this big we had a really big jump we usually do already in 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 december and november and stuff we have a really big jump during the winter months for some reason uh holidays and stuff but uh we were we had gotten on uh uh, what was that uh parlor we we got on parlor over there we're promoting the show on parlor and throughout those november december it's it's a newer platform conservative type you know but it's newer and they're not censoring anything they don't uh they don't hide posts like a lot of the, right, right. the current current platforms will hide your posts if you're not popular enough you know but yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're not hiding posts uh and so we're posting on there and we are getting you know hundreds and thousands of downloads extra downloads for the you know December was our biggest month of all time thanks to yeah. parlor and then literally uh the end of December or was that the beginning of January or something like that they get shut down parlor get oh. parlor gets shut down and i was just about to ask what <laughs> parlor is it, yeah.
3: it it began and ended before i even found out well, about it it's, yeah. kind
0: of, it's kind of back but the the rise has already been kind of uh, st- stomped out you know like yeah.
1: so, well didn't i think apple and google like take them off their platform and that's why they exactly
0: they're, well, yeah, yeah it was because because the media kind of focused on that they're like oh they're evil shut them down take them down yeah. parlor is uh, promoting uh, parlor is letting
1: too free of speech happen. Shut them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's just, it's just crazy because no matter what, um, you know, free speech isn't a Democrat or Republican thing. It's just a right. And we should all have the right. Like if I don't agree with someone politically, whatever their belief is, I'm not going to go go over there and hit them on the head or kick them in the nuts and tell them to shut up. You know, Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to go up and try to have a dialogue with them, you know? And how, why do you feel that way? And I've, I've had, you know, political, you know, interactions with people on, uh, on the web before. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not gotten, you know, violent. I just have a discussion and they give me their reasons yeah, why. Especially you've been a cop
3: before, like you have the right to post your opinion on the matter of police in America yeah. in this moment, you know, mm-hmm.
2: like you're a, a, right, right.
3: A, a significant source of information when it comes to that. You're not just like yeah. down the road, posting his opinion on police. You were a
1: policeman, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think that free speech is something that should scare everybody. If they're even if it's not your speech that's being squashed like, you know, right now it just seems like the conservative voice is being, you know, cut down and and it's people on the on the other side are, you know, yeah, 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 but one day your speech is going to be cut by these same people, you know. Yeah, and know it's, it's the government and it's the the big, you know, the big uh big industries, the big tech and these people with all this big money and What's funny is I was originally a a huge Democrat. I'm from Chicago, you know, but then I just started seeing these changes, and I just didn't like it, and I just became an independent, you know. And uh, it's just not the same. I was born in the you know '60s, and and it's not the Democratic Party I, I grew up with, and people don't realize that. Right now, it's you know they they're feeding our youth with this idea of you know free stuff, and you know you're the victim, and it's it's not going to end well and that's the scary part of it all you know speaking of like see- uh
3: my, my parents grew up democrat and it's like the way they the way people talk about conservatives and republicans now is like the way they talked about de- democ- dem- being a democrat back in the day like people were talking about, like oh Repub- republicans and conservatives they're the ones that are the working class and working hard but it's like i grew up hearing my parents saying like the Democrats are the ones about working class and working hard and don't yeah, ask right. for a handout and you get what you earn. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it all just makes a loop, you know? It's- yeah.
1: I mean, I was such a a Democrat. I went and watched Jimmy Carter speak in the town I was in and, you know, he I was, uh, you know, I wanted to see that. I mean, all my friends were Democrats and my, my uh, one friend Carter went to their house and that's where he was speaking at. So she's like, we got to redo our house and, I mean, I was really into it and, uh, you, you know, for a young kid in high school and she was always telling me information about politics. And and then, you know, just like I said, as time went on, I just changed, you know, and I just saw it changing. And I just I don't feel yeah. I don't feel the, it's Republican or Democrat at all anymore. I feel no, they're all it is. isn't, It is. And it's yeah. like
3: it, it's so it, when you try to talk to it about talk about it like that, it like it's just, it can't be split well, in the two. Parties like that anymore, right. and it's it just right. You, it, you fail when you try to uh, when you try to think about uh, politics in the sense of Democrat and Republican. Yeah, it's just like nothing comes it, together because it ain't yeah. like that
1: anymore. It ain't like that anymore. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, you know. I think there's a lot of Republicans that really aren't Republicans, and, yeah. and vice versa on the other side. And you know, also
3: wasn't the, the subcategories a liberal? And, and again, like I'm not the most political person. I've always been like a. What? All right. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah, uh, wasn't the subcategory of like, like you got, you got, you got Republicans, you got Democrats, but then you got liberals and you got conservatives. Wasn't that so you could kind of have like mixed views? Like you're, <laughs> you're like a a liberal Republican or a conservative Democrat or, or or just straight up hardcore conservative Republican or hardcore liberal Democrat? Weren't you allowed to like make your own combo? You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah yeah right. Well, that, that that's for me. I'm not a registered Democrat or Republican, you know. Yeah. I I I vote but you know it's, it's like whatever whoever I feel is going to be right for our country and yeah. uh I don't I don't like, yeah, I don't identify like, with either party so I can't
3: yeah. like I call myself independent cuz like it's like uh cuz those don't you can't go up to a a Republican but like i'm a liberal yeah. republican I, republicans are like yeah those don't exist you can't yeah. go to a democrat but like i'm a conservative well,
0: democrat They're like, yeah those don't exist i was yeah, yeah. i was yeah. i was leaning a libertarian for a while but um i don't know if you know who nicholas uh saw is but he was one he i think he was just voted out uh or he left he stepped down but he was the uh the head chairman of the libertarian party we had him on the show and uh and I just disagreed with, <laughs> I disagreed with the head chair of the Libertarian Party so much, so badly. I, say, cool uh, wow, I yeah. said, I oh, said maybe I should just go to like but maybe I'm not libertarian. I go back to independent
3: because,
2: no, <laughs> because no, I don't no know. I, agree with you.
3: I had some questions earlier. I um, it is like nigh impossible to talk about the police in 2021 and not get political. Yeah. Okay. But damn it, yeah. I had questions that that had nothing to do with politics. Okay. I was yeah, just yeah, wondering. Yeah. No, like, and again, like uh. You kind of like talking about politics, you kind of answered the questions, but like, I just want I was just wondering, like, uh, like, did you, you got burnt out on being a cop? Like, you realized it wasn't your passion, and are you just like, no, no,
1: I got, I got hurt on the job. I got hurt wrestling with a guy and blew my knee out. I had five surgeries from it. And oh, geez, if you could
3: do, I mean, it was the police department, they're like, you're too injured to continue with this line of career. Well, what happened is, for a living. Well,
2: what <laughs> happened,
1: yeah, I had, um, I tore every ligament in my knee. I cracked my kneecap. I, I broke the top of my fibula all in one injury. And what happened was, is I kept, I had, I had three surgeries. They couldn't fix it. Right. And the problem is, is all the ligaments in my knee were torn. So the, it being a policeman, you gotta be a hundred percent. And oh, yeah. if I get a wrestling match and somebody my knee blows out on me, somebody gets my gun away. What if I, another policeman gets shot or a citizen gets shot? You can't have that. So they can't bury me in the police department somewhere uh, and, and make me detective because then you're going to have all these guys saying, Well, I, I hurt my arm or I hurt this. And I want to be detective, you know? Oh, so yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's one of and, those and, like, things. And I just the joke be- I made earlier, but like, Oh, yeah, you're too injured you're going to be a cop, but then you go on to do stunt double. No,
3: you no, know, like, <laughs> like, I know it's mean because, you know, one's entertainment, one's saving lives. And, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but remember, movies are totally different. You can always say cut if you get Yeah, hurt. yeah. He, I said <laughs> cut was, in it the it middle
3: was, of that fight, and the, the criminal, he didn't stop.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I the, only, the only fight I did in Dark Knight was uh, just choreographed, you know, getting punched, falling on the ground. And then when I did Prison Break, uh, you know, I had this thing where I jump on this guy's back, and basically I'm jumping off a, a ladder that's three feet up in the air onto a two-foot-thick mat. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's not yeah. like it's anything crazy. You know, when you're so a stuff- criminal like
3: that, there's no math
0: Yeah, <laughs> you uh, you were portraying yeah, right. uh, Sub Zero right. while you were a cop, right? Is that inaccurate?
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so when I was when I was doing Sub Zero, I, I was in, I was fine. I was nothing wrong with me. I had no injuries. Um, it was after that when uh, when I stopped portraying Sub Zero that I got injured on the police departments. That's when I ended up leaving. But, yeah.
0: That, well, um, were
3: yeah, your was first kind of, intentions kind of cool
1: to like,
3: if you could do acting and be a cop, like were you going to do the sub-zero thing? But then like, yeah, as well, soon as that's done, go back to being a well, cop. Yeah,
1: Cause you know, there's a guy there. Well, it, it, you, you know who Dennis Farina is, right? I kind of wanted to be like a Dennis Farina, even though that guy was far more successful than I ever will be. But Dennis Farina. Was I don't a know. Chicago you have a great resume, man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Dennis Farina, um, I, I, what's which, which really funny is I would hear stories about him because my boss on where I worked was friends with Farina's boss before he left the police department. Yeah. So we would hear these Dennis Farina stories. And uh, I had an audition for a show that he was in. And he was actually the, the lead actor in it. So when I did the audition, they, they liked me and they ca- had me do a callback. So Dennis Farina was there cause he was the star and they wanted to make sure that he agreed with whoever was cast. And so he yeah. looked at my resume and he said, Oh wow, you, you were a policeman. I said, yeah, you know, 10 years, you know, I was in the Metro and he goes, Oh wow, that's cool. He goes, you know, I was too. And I said, yeah, yeah. And I go, and I heard some pretty good stories and the room got quiet and he looked up at me and I said, Oh, they were, they were all good, you know? And then he just kind of shook his head and I'm thinking, Oh man, that was not the right thing to say. <laughs> he was probably afraid maybe I'd open my mouth on the set or something, but yeah, it was, he was, he was a cool guy, but, uh, yeah, so you know it's it's bizarre when you go on these auditions, you just don't know what they're looking for. You you walk in, they say thank the you. Hope that you, you got
3: what they're looking for. Yeah, I hope
1: you get the part, but you know, to be an actor, what people don't realize is a lot of times you have to be very secure in yourself, and a lot of actors really aren't, and that's why you see a lot of them explode. You you're constantly being um, rejected. So, like, I remember at one time when I was in LA, I probably did. 40 auditions before I even got a job and you're rejected on every one of them. You're never told what it was that was wrong or what oh, they did that's the worst, man. It'd be, yeah. it'd be a hundred
3: percent different if they told you exactly yeah. what it was.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you really don't hear any of that. So you don't know what to work on, what to fix. Was it my face was, what was it, you know? And, and that's the thing. So you're going on audition after audition and you're getting rejected. Don't know what it is. And so you're, you finally get a job and you're like, what's funny is, is you'll get a job. And you're you're thinking this is the last job I'll ever get. That audition sucked. And then all of a sudden you walk out and you get a call. Yeah, they loved you. They want you for the part. And you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So, you're like,
3: yeah, that it's was just my worst part, man. And
1: yeah, you're, you're like, oh, then know. I'm set because
3: that was my worst acting. I totally fucked up there. Still got the yeah. job. Just wait till I get on set. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. So you you don't want to do that, you know. And one of the things you I realize too is you should try to stay in character even after you leave, you know, a little bit. I mean, you don't want to be a jerk if you role's a jerk, but I remember one time I was, uh, I won't say who it was for, but he, I was uh, doing a stunt part on this set of uh, um, one of the uh, TV shows that was in Chicago. And one of the, the the director came by and I was doing stunt work on it. And he says, I, I want to use this guy for this part for two days. I want to audition your stunt guy. So he lined us all up and he wanted us all to say this line and be as badass as we could. So he came up to me and it was, it was like 10 of us in line. And he goes, walks up to me, gets right. My face and I say the line. He goes, you're a scary motherfucker. And then I just started laughing. He goes, Hey idiot, you just fucking ruined it. And he walked away. And I said, wow, I just learned a big lesson right there. You know, hey,
3: I, I want to make a and, comment uh, about how like, just- you oh, know, like I've been cursing the blue streak since we started because I'm me. And like I have no idea how proper know, a family man you are. I was just I'm just happy to hear him curse. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Like, I don't like well, I don't know like, like I said oh. how proper and much of a family man you are. And I'm sure the more I cursed, the, curse, the more like ah, oh, this guy's a degen. Oh and my god. he yeah. said fuck well, I was like, you know, oh, it's okay, sex so was... zero curses too. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was quoting, I was quoting this director. Oh, so yeah, see, that's just it. I was like, mouth. man, like, I'm probably
3: like, ah, he's, he's he,
1: he will yeah. never quote. You know, me. Hey, I have hey, such man. a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, but you know I mean, Everybody now and then drops the F-bomb, you know? It, it, yeah. it just happens, you know? You just, every now and then it's blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah, oh, man, like, and, well, and, well, 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 also, cool, like, man. when I drink, like, man, like, curse words become, like, what do they call those words you put in uh, to give yourself time? What'd you say? Hmm? The the like how people say and or um you okay, know yeah. uh, spacers yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever yes yeah I use comes, curse words they become
1: word and adjectives you know <laughs> yeah the, 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 yeah the, 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 I use curse words for that but I ad- can't believe so did he use you or you said are you just messed up no he just, um, he just said he, because I laughed he said you know. That's why I said he goes. You just you just fucked that up and walked over to the next guy and he ended up using another guy two people down from me. I was like the th- third one from the end, so he ended up being the right. last dude, guy. Man, you're right, dude. That would like so.
3: cripple my confidence and shit. You know, someone told well, me that. Well, it, it 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 did
1: it it did in a way, but in a way, it taught me a big lesson. You know, is you know don't don't come out of character and just stay in character, especially like in a scene. Like a lot of people will just stop doing if they think they messed their lineup. And you just keep going because you never know. The director might like what you're doing. And that's the thing. People a lot of times screw themselves up. And when you screw something up, you always just keep going. You act like nothing happened. Oh, yeah, I
3: understand. Like
1: uh,
3: second-guessing yourself, breaking character, and then like wondering uh, and having that – staying in character and just forgetting about what you just did is a lot more acceptable than breaking character and trying to be like, oh, like should I do something different or maybe I should have done that. It's yeah. like, oh, you, you, it's like you broke character. You're wasting all these other actors time. And even if you did, did yeah, something yeah. slightly messed up, it would have been a lot better to them had you not break character and kept
1: going. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's the thing. You know, you always stay in character no matter what. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys, especially, you know, people don't realize it's hard to be a, you know, the star of a show, but it's also hard to be what, what I've done a lot of what are called day players. You know, you're on there for one or two days. You got you know, one character that you're playing because when you get on set, you can't screw up. You know, the lead actor is going to. I remember I was on set for I won't say who it was, but just kept screwing up constantly, and I'm just like, oh man, man I got, it point. was it put it actually put me at more ease just because this guy's screwing up so much. But um, you you're just under a lot of stress because you walk into a cold environment. You know, you're you're on there, no one knows you. And you got this scene and you got to go right on with the star of the the show or the movie. And you got to be right on and and do it right. And, you know, if you keep screwing up, it's, Hey, they're going to kick you out of there, you know? So people don't realize the stress that's on you when you're just a day player, because you got to go in there, even if you got a few lines, you got to make it work. And the thing is, you don't want to draw too much attention to you either. You know, you're not on there to be the star you're on there to carry the story. And you don't want to be this guy that's going to, Steal the show from the lead actor. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm like not I, I'm always it, somewhere between like I have absolutely zero confidence or the biggest ego in the
3: world. So yeah. they're like, oh man, I'll never get the part. And the moment I get the part, I'll be like, of course, yeah. I'm getting more spotlight than the star.
1: Oh, God, I'd be yeah, a real yeah. actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if you just got to like what they call like an, an under five day player where your line is to move the story along, you, you don't want to do anything like crazy where you're gonna like i mean you want to stand out yeah but you yeah, want but make, you don't want to be good. like the most the memorable title. character oh, of the doing, episode
3: well. or whatever you know
1: yeah 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 the blooper character yeah, the
0: blooper, <laughs> the blooper <stand> character
1: <laughs> that's funny oh man
0: oh man uh hey it's been awesome talking to you um i i don't know if uh, if yeah. you had anything else to add or if you had anything else you wanted to plug or talk about that we may have missed uh we chatted about a lot today uh, you, you've portrayed all the ninjas. You portrayed, you portrayed Sub-Zero the most and Scorpion, but which one do you prefer? Sub-Zero or Scorpion? Are you, are you Sub-Zero all the way? Uh,
1: So I like, yeah, I'm Sub-Zero all the way. Scorpion, I just kind of, they needed a, you know, a Scorpion and I just filled in for him and did them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, like you were
3: unmasked as Sub Zero. You are Sub Zero. You know, yeah, Scorp- right, like, right. You, because of your talents, you can portray anyone with a mask on. But you're Sub Zero, yeah. mask off. You know,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's what was cool. I was the only one really demasked. You know, absolutely. You could see my face
3: oh, off, and so. I remember how big of a deal that was. Oh, Sub Zero doesn't have a mask
0: this <laughs> this game. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, and another yeah. Big thing to say is that. um, So uh, I guess the director said that if. This Mortal Kombat movie does really well. The second movie will be more based off of Johnny Cage, is gonna have Johnny Cage in more of a lead role. And Johnny Cage, he's an actor, he's gonna be doing movie stuff. And I just think what a perfect time to bring in some cameos.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, man. Hopefully they'll do that. Yeah. I,
0: I I think uh, I think someone needs to start up one of them uh petitions. one of them, yeah, campaigns, one of the petitions, get the OG cast in the sequel we got to do this for absolutely you. yeah 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 sounds we gotta good make man. it happen for you john turk i like it yeah i like and, it uh,
3: <laughs> i don't i want to say and i guess this is an insult to other yes but like i've had a lot of fun talking to you like i was very interested like you know like mortal <laughs> Kombat's a huge passion of mine uh like yeah. said, i have uh i have a huge respect and again it's it's newly found but i have a huge respect for the law law enforcement yeah. And oh, it's like, you, yeah. to find out, like, before being sub zero, you were a
0: cop. I was like, oh, I love this guy. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> yeah. He's excited. Yeah. This is his first. Yeah, I, I'm super excited. Th- this is his first Mortal Kombat alumni uh, alumni uh, family <laughs> Mortal Kombat family person because we, uh, you know, previously we, we, we have like multiple uh, co-hosts. Uh, right now, Keenan's the main co-host. And, uh, uh, you know, previously cool. we did have Joel McHale who voiced uh, Johnny Cage. Then we had Michael J. White who was Jax in the um, in Mortal Wait. Kombat Afterlife. And yeah, he was I don't know why they didn't use him again. McHale. He's Joel McHale voiced Johnny
3: Cage? Huh? The dude from Community? Yes, he voiced
0: Johnny Cage. When? In the, in the anime the You know, movies. it's not important. We'll in, talk about it later. Scorpion. We'll talk about it later. I'm
2: sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Um, yeah, no, I, li- I like Michael Jai White. I think he's, you know, pretty good dude. He's, he's legit. Yes. And uh, I, I don't know why. They, they used some other guy. I don't know who he is. He might be good too, but he's yeah. he's Oh, uh, wait, for the upcoming Spawn? No, 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 for Jax. Jack. oh
3: yeah michael jai white was Jeff, dude it was, yeah. it's been like 20 years since the last yeah, i don't think
1: i don't think they used him again i think they used some other guy yeah yeah yeah. Did, yeah
3: but it's like michael jai white totally could have done that role again he
1: could have yeah. yeah
0: they could yeah.
3: it's yeah. it's about like the whole like you don't it, this is like practically a soft reboot you know and it's like you don't yeah. want to use the original actors for the soft reboot you know
1: yeah yeah right right yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it's good, man. Hopefully, they stay, keep making more of them, and, uh, and they'll put us in there. It would be great. So, <laughs> Heck, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. We loved having you on. Thank you so much for helping yeah, us you're... add you to our Mortal Kombat collection. Yeah. <laughs> it is the yeah, one and nice. only Sub-Zero. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, John Tur- We're yeah. gonna be posting. It was this. an honor meeting you. We, uh, we post our episodes on Thursday, so we'll, we'll make sure to send you the links. And we actually have some art. Hopefully, Hopefully, they do you right. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we do have some yeah. art being made in uh, uh uh what's it called? I'm trying to say uh basically in honor of our Mortal Kombat weeks because we're having like you know back to back Mortal Kombat stuff and so we yeah, have some cool yeah, art yeah, being cool. Made. Mortal Kombat marathon, for lack of a better word. And, uh, and yeah, you're gonna be yeah. in there. It's going it's gonna be unmasked. It's unmasked Sub Zero. So if they get you wrong. At least it's unmasked. Yeah, so,
3: you know, yeah, yeah. they you wrong. Calm down. I didn't draw it. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. I got you. Yeah, you know it was great. Great talking with you guys. You guys are a lot of fun, and uh, I like the off-the-cuff stuff, and it was real good, man. So, yeah, cool. <laughs>
3: awesome. so. man. We'd love to like for some reason have you back
0: on again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe next
1: time I'll have a drink with me,
0: huh? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Yeah. Oh so yeah. Let's, let's today's show you. Today's uh, beer of the day was the Knights who say Nimpa. <laughs> As in, uh oh, It stands for New England Indian Pale Ale, but it's based yeah. off of. Uh, have you ever
3: seen uh, N- uh, the Ho- uh, Knights of the Holy grill? Monty Python. Monty and Python Ho- and the Holy Grail.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah no, so I this see, is I uh, did this watch is Monty, Monty Python. Python, Python when I was a kid. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. was it's a like some show, super
3: hazy IPA. It's so thick you can't even see through it. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks like orange juice. <laughs> oh, and it tastes—it's very citrusy. It tastes a lot yeah, like. It does, that's juice.
1: right. Well, you know when when you first held up your glass, I said he's drinking a vodka uh, a, a vodka uh, uh, orange juice because that's what it <laughs> yeah, looks I know, like, right. you know. It looks I can like tell the blurring. No.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a very potent beer. Uh, like I'm kind of buzzed right now. I'm gonna lie, John. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> no, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, hey, man. <laughs> But uh, you uh, yeah, right? uh,
0: I don't know who makes it, but uh, platoon it's uh, no uh, pontoon brewing uh, over there. Is on the East coast, obviously uh, hazy. That's where they come from. But yeah, we were going to, we were looking for a good, uh, a ninja beer or, <laughs> but nights nights was close to ninjas yeah. and sub-zero <laughs> good, yeah. and good enough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks well, again for having yeah, awesome. us uh, for being on. Um, uh, is there anything
1: you would like to plug before we end? Um, you know, just, uh, I, I'll plug my, my website, uh, the fearless fitness, uh, .com If people want workout programs, uh, especially now with, you know, COVID and the gyms are finally reopening, uh, you can buy an online program and, uh, on my website and nutrition plans too. So if anybody's interested in that, I got a couple people already wanted a, a plan from sub zero. So it was kind of, <laughs> kind of funny when I put that video out. So Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, you know, I love health and fitness. I'm all about you know longevity and living a healthy life and eating right and working out. And I probably why I've stayed younger looking over the years. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, you look younger than me. That's why I wear Uh, makeup uh, and hair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, I don't care. I like the look though.
2: I like like the look. I like uh, that. Our show actually has
0: like a a storyline and, uh, and so that's where this came from. But basically, I, I I came out with this look because we went to go uh, interview a, a, a gothic rock band. And I said, we look too normal for them. Yeah, yeah. We're going to make them uncomfortable. So, so he dons so, this. So I put this on to, to look weird like they do. And uh, it's stuck ever since. It just yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's
3: never taken it off.
0: Awesome, man. Sleep, when hours with it. Everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys. All right. Hello everybody, welcome to Opinions and Beer. You just heard our interview with John Turk. How was that? Was that fun, Keenan? Dude, it was really awesome. And now it it's really was. But now it's time for the beer of the day. And today's beer, beer of, the of the day is from Pontoon Brewing. It is The Knights Who Say Knee-ba. The knights that say ni the knights who say nipa! Nee, the knights who say me? Nee? <laughs> this is a, a, a beer based off the knights who say knee. Question.
3: Do you From, think they have to pay royalties to Monty Python? No.
0: Monty Python and no. the Holy Grail beer. Uh, this came what? at eight this came is at it, this came at eight percent in alcohol by volume at 32 IBUs. Serving temperature recommended at 40 to 45 degrees. Cold. So cold maybe that was our issue it started okay, warming well up okay well
3: then is it because of the parody uh contrast and law?
0: oh probably ah yeah it's a no parody. but craft beer craft beer people they get away with so much stuff mainly because a lot of these beers are limited yeah and, so and, and for they some reason radar. somehow limited limited beer releases don't get in trouble like, like exactly now should a certain what's what's the name of the uh brewing company a pontoon.
3: Now, should a certain podcaster get a hold of the Monty Python crew and let them know of the ongoings of Pontoon <laughs> Brewery, there might be a law case.
0: Perhaps. This is case. a Georgia beer brewed in Sandy Springs, brewed and canned in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Whew. Pontoon Brewing Company. Uh, we haven't had too many stuff from Pontoon. I don't think. Um, because they're from Georgia, <laughs> I had to go to Louisiana yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to buy this beer. They haven't had too much Georgia beer um, here down in Texas. This is a Georgia. S- this is a thick New England hazy IPA. This is a classic. This is actually a two classics. Almost like it's almost milkshake-y. Uh It it seems. Unf- no, I've had. Dude, oh, it's, that's like. Uh, it seems unfiltered. Okay, if if it's milk milkshaky like you're
3: talking about, you're talking about an orange thick. juice milkshake.
0: Um, yeah, one
3: milkshake no. is thick.
0: Thick means milkshake.
3: No, milkshake means some, milkshake. Some some beers... Orange juice is thick. Some beers... It's a very citrusy, very hazy IPA. Looks like you're pouring yourself I, a glass of orange juice. It's thick, but milkshake is but, not the term that comes to mind. I
0: think uh, thicker beers with lactose in it might also be uh, milkshake IPAs. Maybe that's what the big difference is. That makes uh, it not a... Milks- but do you...
3: Do you do you taste the milky or not taste, but do you feel the milky texture? Like you feel the what lactose? The, the lactose, which uh, adds to that milky thick te- texture. Yeah. I yeah, guess. That's not here. Or no, just no, that's a no, thick no, old that, 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 glass this of this, orange juice.
0: This, I'm saying, this is a New England IPA, but has the thickness of a milkshake IPA. It has the thickness of the milkshake of, style IPA. Hazy of the style IPA. God. G- D- and, like all G- I know the
3: only milkshakey beer I have to go on wasn't even the milkshake IPA. The milkshake beer of the beer world is goddamn a Scottish ale.
0: I give this beer a three out of ten.
3: Jesus Christ, bro. It was not that bad. like despite its negative aspects, it's all like Half my negative aspects was with the aesthetics, you know, like some of my beer spilt over in the sink and it looked like mucus. Oh, you know?
0: There's like chunks in it and shit. Exactly. You know? I, I, every time, look, I had, I may have a different experience than you, but every time I drank it, I had to like stop my. During the interview, I had to stop myself from. Coughing and choking because I was getting gagged by fucking no, I, particles. I, I
2: find
3: I, 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 well, again, and I, and I usually like unfiltered. Own, and I've always, I found throughout I, our opinions and beer escapades that I am a huge fan of very thick, hazy IPAs. Okay. I am too. Just this one was. But no beer should have pulp. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> yeah. like pulp in my
0: beer. Like, I get it. It's
3: citrusy. You don't need chunks a, of the goddamn
0: fruit you made it with. Yeah. You know? I mean, it the taste was fine. Isn't but, that what pulp is? It's like literally chunks of art,
3: little segments of I'll arts. give it a
0: four out of i I'll give it a four out of ten because the reason because my fives my fives are reserved for things I'd buy again. I would not pay what I paid for this beer again. I would oh, not absolutely. I would not buy this absolutely. beer again. You're
3: talking about man, we spend so much time. For me, the om- almost the only time I drink is on this show. Yeah. Like, I- I've, by a mental effort, tried to slow down on my drinking. And I figured the best way, because we do this show so much. And it's like the
0: best way to do that is... To <laughs> it's pulpy orange juice. Yeah, I know, man. That gets you drunk. It has a low bitterness, and it's still, like, bitter. Yeah. <laughs> like biting and ding banana peel. It's not...
3: It's, it's it's the pulpiness that's making it bitter. Yeah. Not the beard so I know. It is pretty bad. No, <laughs> no but I know what you mean, but uh, it's like I... It's like you're almost going by a logic that I can't get behind because I... I don't know about you. I, I don't know about your own... Uh, personal beer drinking habits, but I do not drink beer almost at all outside of this podcast. So you're like, yeah, like, you're saying, like, I would reserve five for a beer that I'd buy again, like, for my own personal consumption, not an Opinions and Beer episode. And it's like, I don't even think about beer in that concept. Like, if it's not for an Opinions and Beer episode, then I'm not fucking drinking it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, what would you rate this beer? Five. A five. Yeah. He rates this beer a five. This was a not so good beer, but for a great episode, a great interview with John Turk, literal sub zero. We talked to Sub Zero. He is being added to our Mortal Kombat roster that we are slowly but surely building. A six out of a ten. Six. A six. He would buy this again.
3: Because I, I, I did. I enjoyed drinking it. Throughout the episode, like we were sitting there talking to John, and I, I re- again, I'm a huge fan of uh, very thick, hazy IPAs, very citrusy IPAs, yeah. like a good old alcoholic glass of orange juice, <laughs> you know. And I, I there, I, I, I did not. There's nothing unenjoyable about it the whole time. Yeah. I was like drinking on this beer. I was very much enjoying the beer, of course, very much enjoying the interview. Yeah. And, and our, you drink like what one beer throughout the uh, whole episode? Yep. Yeah, like dude, I like finished mine. Popped yeah, up I <laughs> another one. It exploded. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And then uh, like I want like I finished mine and I wanted another one. Like you yeah. can't give it below a five if you want another one when
0: you finish it. Well, that's that's just your opinion. That's so fucking rude. That and that's fine, chance, bro. Because all no. we have here are our opinions, opinions and. Fair God damn it. We are a million